It's 12.20 p.m. I have been staring out the window for the last five minutes at least, slowly talking myself out of, slowly backing away from, slowly chickening out of recording this episode. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. You're listening to the 24-Hour Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Magdalene Zinke. Coming back to you after a bit of a hiatus, unless, of course, this being a podcast and podcasts being what they are, especially independent podcasts such as this one. Uh, months and months after recording, unless you're just listening to this straight after the previous one, having just discovered me, in which case, welcome. Welcome to the little collection of folding chairs in my brain arranged for the taking in of my tiny lectures. <laughs> uh, it does sort of feel like that. It's a strange thing to be talking and trying to talk from a place of vulnerability to a window screen in a house that is not mine. Big shout out to my friend Neely for... Uh, <laughs> For having a job that takes her out of town so that I can go to her little country retreat and look out at the hills and the cedars so that I can take the time to go feel my feelings while leaning up against one such cedar instead of spiraling out in my own home, which was about to be the case this morning. Nothing serious, just domestic frustrations kind of coming to a head and yeah yeah then I really had to take some time to doctor myself because what I am bringing you today is a little some thoughts I've had on groundedness and connection and I had this whole plan for how I was going to finish folding the laundry and then come out to Neely's house and do yoga and meditate and then sit down and record this and instead I said um said is not the appropriate verb for this shouted is perhaps more correct or growled fuck it and then shoved the laundry back into the basket where it resumed its crumpled basket shape and fled because because sometimes you gotta go because I am learning about myself and my triggers and how to walk away from a meltdown which is not always easy, especially when it feels like the whole world is having a meltdown collectively. And we're all going about it in different ways. And we all have different stories of the need that we're feeling this 
pocket of emptiness or what feels like emptiness, but what I suspect is actually deep, deep grief that we are not processing collectively. And it's something that needs to be processed collectively because it's a collective grief. Grief for all those who all those who have died during the pandemic, whose lives were cut short through various means. There are a lot of new ancestors. And our feelings naturally go towards them, whether consciously or not. And we have these feelings that we may or may not know what to do with. I think that's part of what is causing such feelings of division and causing this grief to feel like emptiness instead of like grief. I've been thinking about a story that one of my drama teachers told me in high school. It was about attending a workshop and I don't remember the particulars of the workshop, what it was about or who was there, but I, I think it was a group of students. And anyway, the, all of the participants were asked to find, at the beginning of the workshop, were asked to find something that they all had in common. And there was much arguing and comparing, and they were unable to come up with an answer until the facilitator said, pointed out that they were all human. And I suppose you could have said they were all in the room together. That would be another thing that they all had in common. And even more precisely, they were all human and the only humans to be experiencing that moment together. But the point that my drama teacher made was that they were all human. And that was the connecting thing. It was a other thoughts I've layered on over the years as I continue to return to this anecdote. I was thinking about that anecdote in particular recently because of an Instagram post that I saw. A, a farmer in the region, a, a woman who I tried to connect with a while ago, who a visit to her farm years ago had inspired an idea for a play that I'm still working on. And when I first moved back to East Tennessee, I reached out to her thinking that, well, I wanted to establish a connection and maybe talk to her about her um, farming practices and her inspiration for that um, because she's going more regenerative in a region where, where there's not a whole lot of that kind of activity. And she didn't seem that keen on talking to me, which, you know, whatever people have their lives and then the pandemic hit and um, a lot of things got tabled anyway. And I sort of lost the urge to work on that particular piece. But I continued following her on social media and then recently, um, gosh, I don't even know what recently means because the last several years are just kind of all one moosh. 
And I know I'm not the only person who feels that. But anyway, whenever it was that the Carhartt company issued some mandate, it was pertaining to masks or vaccinations, probably vaccinations. Um, and she, this farmer fell on the disapprove side of whatever decision this was and posted a video of hands cutting a Carhartt label off of a jacket or some overalls or something. And I found myself feeling very irritated, angry, but like, why should I care? Why does it matter? So I was sitting with that, with these feelings, with these questions and, and trying to think of like, what is the one thing that connects us? And yeah, human, thinking of that anecdote, we're both human, we're both women, we're both farmers to an extent. She's much more serious than I am with my quarter acre flowers. But anyway, that's for another time. But if we've seen nothing else in the last several years, it's that being human and having that as a connection is not enough in this world that we live in today to bring us together in compassion, in kindness. It's not enough. We've lost sight of something. And then it occurred to me that the thing that connects us is the ground, literally the earth. It extends from where I am to where she is at any given time, unless she's up in an airplane, but that's a temporary state of being. I say like I never go up in airplanes, um, haven't in a while. Wonder when the next time's gonna be. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That is definitely there, it is not here. The point, the earth connects all of us. It goes under the oceans. It's literally the thing that holds all of us up. We're human, that connects us, and the ground connects us. Part of the reason that that answer sprang to my mind is I've been thinking a lot about the nature of ground, of the earth, thinking about it because I'm leaning more into flower farming and it's necessary to have good soil in order to produce healthy plants. And th this thought was definitely influenced by a book that I read last year, sometime in the great mush of time. Listen to it, actually. I listened to the audiobook of Record of a Spaceborn Few by Becky Chambers. It's a sci-fi novel, and it takes place in outer space, and it's a meditation on this topic of what connects us and what what cause do we have to care for one another leading up to that time where i read this book i'd also read a couple of others or listened to them again I'm, i've been doing a lot more of my book consumption via audio and i listening to the winter night trilogy by katherine arden which takes place in medieval Russia and concerns a main character, a, a young woman who, among other things, can see the little people, see the house spirits and feeds them and, and befriends them. And they come to her aid eventually. Not eventually, in many ways, they come to her aid. And also 
Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. And the part, <laughs> the part that I'm thinking of from the latter in particular, because it's a dense, rich text and there's a lot to it, but she tells a story of her parents pouring out a little bit of their morning coffee into the stream when they were camping. I believe that's the story. And that had me thinking of like, Oh, and then she talks a lot about like the practical purposes of indigenous ritual in North America and the scientific, the real world effects that these rituals had, such as burning fires to welcome home the salmon, which then the cloud of smoke reduces the temperature of the river and, and that helps the salmon. So it's, you know, maybe seems arbitrary and, and strange, but it actually has an effect. And I was thinking about that along with um the feeding the small people in i and i'm forgetting the russian name that's used in the book and then also thinking of how my mom tends to leave a little bit she raised us to believe in the tomtin which i guess i'm now passing on to my children um if you lose something it's the tomtin who took it the tomtin being a uh scandinavian house elf i guess um, house fellow, one of the small people. And so she leaves out a bit of her coffee in the morning and sometimes a bit of food for the house spirits to appease them, to help them. And I started doing that based on those three factors. And then I began to notice as I did this daily that, you know, every morning when I went to get the cup, a little bit of the coffee is gone. And Half of me says, well, that's just evaporation. And the other half says, well, so what? So what's going into the air of the house? Isn't that the same thing as something eating it? And yes, I understand processes, differences, all of this. I Just go with me on the metaphor of it. If you, you know, if you can't take it literally, just like see the metaphor of it. But all of this kind of then is pointing my thoughts towards the way that we feed the air around us and the earth around us and the reverberations that are caused by our actions. And we know this, we've been told so many times in so many different ways to the point where now I'm thinking like the main job of people besides helping keep people alive is to pass down the information, just breathe, let yourself be a part of the universe, a part of the earth, because you are a part of the earth. And if you don't breathe, you'll rejoin the earth literally sooner rather than later. It's funny to me how air, how breath can help us get grounded. That act of taking in deep breaths and help us remember our feet and the rest of our body, where we are in space, where we are in time, just by slowing down and letting the breath flow through us, letting ourselves become aware of the quality of the air around us and the earth under our feet. So yeah, I was feeling pretty crummy and I went out and I made myself walk around and find a tree and go to that tree and be with that tree for just a moment. 
letting myself think about roots going into this ground that is going from one person to another underneath all of us, connecting all of us, even when our brains are up in the air, out in the ether, everywhere, but in our bodies, swirling in this state of worry that we're in. I hoped that by talking long enough, I would come to a really beautiful and elegant conclusion. But as of right now, I'm just kind of hoping that I've said enough to make sense and that the elegant conclusion is just being born in your head for you to carry forth into the world. I guess more than anything, I wanted people to know, you, you listening, that we are connected and what we do reverberates out from us. And that's true for being chicken-headed as well as for being grounded. And I know that for myself, if I'm feeling chicken-headed, what does that even mean? Not enough room in my head for all the thoughts that I'm trying to think at the same time. When that happens, then it's time for me to bring myself back down somehow. And feeling the earth, thinking about it, and thinking about those who are rooted to the earth, the trees, the plants, but the trees especially, thinking about their qualities. And I want to encourage you to think about, think about the trees. And maybe that's a good place to be for a little bit. Maybe you need that. But then I think it is important to also consider our humanness and our mobility, even if our mobility is not within our bodies. Maybe it's the way that we participate online. But we have an ability to reach out to one another with our voices and our actions. And it is with that reaching out that we're going to be able to find a way to collectively address this grief that we're in. Speaking out, putting little love letters into the universe, into each other's ears and inboxes. And I want to encourage you to do that. Start small if you need to, because a chorus of small voices can build and a chorus of compassion can build and we've got to do that. We have to find a way to maybe reach down into the earth and reach out that way just by touching the ground and letting our intentions flow down. This isn't a prescription or an answer or anything but a shout into the void, hoping that someone else out there will hear this shout and add their voice to mine. And if nothing else, just Go get yourself grounded and spread that by just being a kinder, more compassionate human towards the other humans who may not have as easy access to kindness and compassion. And just to remember that humanity goes deeper than what we look like on the outside. 
and we have a lot of systems in place that tell us how we should think and feel and behave towards people based on what they look like on the outside. And that is, it's going to be a lot to overcome. I'm going to leave it there for now with a little pledge to you, whoever you are out there sitting in the little folding chair auditorium of my brain of this cyber moment. Is that a thing? Do people even say cyber anymore? Beyond like, anyway, focus. My pledge to you is that I'm going to try to have more of these brave moments so that I can send out the encouragements that I've been finding for myself and receiving for myself and pass them on to you so that you can pass them on to others and maybe we can balance out some of some of that empty feeling. Okay, one last, last thing. If you're listening to this and just feeling like one more thing, anything, like even a request to go get grounded is going to break you, I just want to pass along one more little thing that I, yes, got off Instagram. And it's this. It comes from Crystal the Oracle. You can follow her at Crystal the Oracle. And she posted a video, and I can't seem to find it now. I did. I saw it on someone's story and was just so taken with this idea that I'm going to pass it on to you, even though I, I cannot give you the link to the video. Maybe someone else can find it and will send it to me, and then hooray, I can save it, like I should have done in the first place. Anyway, she talks about how if you're having a triggered moment, one of the things that you can do is just check in with your own back body and feel your back, upper back, lower back, the back of your head, the back of your neck your buttocks, the back of your legs, your hamstrings down into your ankles, and just notice your back body. And then tell yourself, and this is why I loved the video, because she cracked up over this and was so delighted. But you just got to tell yourself, I've got my own back. And it's true. You have your own back. I have my own back. And then you can just have a little Zen cone moment, where you think about the double meaning there, and have a little moment of having your own back and having your own back and calming the fuck down. Now let's take a deep breath. We're going to make it through. We're going to be fine. We're going to spread the joy and the love and the compassion and the kindness and it's going to start at home with us. If this was helpful, and or if you'd like to go a little bit deeper with it, I'm going to be releasing a theater ritual on grounding, which will be a little audio meditation that you can listen to and either follow along with the actions or just do it in your imagination. And that will be available on starting on the Equinox, which is March 19th, 2022. And you'll be able to purchase that through my website. But yeah, that's going to be my little gift to the world to help folks maybe do some practiced, just a little hand-holding guide to help folks find groundedness in 
this time of shifting between the winter months into the spring months, or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, it is the <laughs> fall into winter. Good Lord. Okay, I think that's enough talking for now. Keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for future episodes. Take good care of yourself. This episode was produced by me, Magdalene Zinke, with music by Lily Desmond. You can find more on my work at my website, magdalenezinke.com, or you can follow me on Instagram at magdalene.zinke. You can also find Lily's music on lilydesmond.bandcamp.com, and she's been playing a few shows in the New York area, so if you are there, go check her out. She is a wizard. This episode is dedicated to my friend Dawn, who used to be my teacher and yelled at us a lot for doing the old booger snort when we had colds and forced us, forced us to use handkerchiefs and Kleenexes, which probably made us healthier because we we're getting the snot out. And now I'm forcing my own children to do the same thing because not only is it healthier, it is so nasty when people do that. Thank you, Dawn, for showing me the way.